like, I will not be collaborate so. on uh, an SCP entry for Pete. Yes. Yeah. Then we can we can read that as part of the we SCP episode that next maybe week. Tonight, yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. We we were gonna see if you wanted a Mario Party. Yeah. 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 You guys, um, you guys know exactly what I need. We do. We do. I got you. We're linked. Mike. What? Get on the mic. No, fuck your mic. Oh, are so we already recording? You. I'm having a hard time. <laughs> but yeah, I figured we, we can actually legitimately submit the... Oh, hell yeah, dude. I've been... I If I wasn't super depressed right now, it would be done. Yeah. Like, it, I, I love that shit so much. It's maybe... One of the best things the internet ever did. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait. I've got five pages already. No idea what they're talking about. And yeah. I haven't. We're talking even... about next week's episode, baby boys Woo-hoo! and girls and the rest of you. I haven't even uh, added in any like actual SCP stories. It's just like five pages of this is what the SCP Foundation is. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's good. And I even like I was brief about a lot of it. I might, I might, I might do, I might have to look up a video or two just to have some, yeah, primers in my head. This is going to be so weird because it's like you and I already know everything about it, but Don doesn't and is reading the script <laughs> to us. <laughs> and Brandon knows he wants. To oh yeah, that's it. right. I forgot. Fuck, Brandon yeah, wants get to be Brandon here for, that. for an episode again. Yeah. That's gonna be yeah. Fun. Who looks more like me every fucking day? Does he really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. There's he. We went out. I, I really haven't seen him since like. We were recording in your house. Yeah, so that's been the better part of almost, a year now. Almost a year. Yeah. Because the well, other night we yeah, went out. like eight months or something. Yeah. We went out to eat, and he was wearing his jean jacket in 150-degree weather and a yep. townie's baseball hat with his long hair and glasses. And I was like, motherfucker, you look just like I did at that age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is no... Cindy can sit there and say, he's not your son to the end of the earth now. I know that is my boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I showed him a picture of me one time. He goes, "When did you take that picture of me?" I was like, "It ain't you. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> not you, bud. That's not you." My dad showed me his like fourth grade like school picture, and I said the same thing. I was like, "Well, that's a weird picture of me. I don't remember having those clothes." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, too bad you weren't with us for the Albert Fish episode. It's weird. I didn't start looking like my dad until I was grown. Like when I was a kid, <clears throat> sure there were like. Certain similarities, but you like you, you know how you have to look for them. Mm-hmm. Now I look like if my dad was light skinned and a couple inches taller. Yeah, you do. Like for real, it's oh, yeah. wild. Honestly, <laughs> I'm really glad I don't look like my dad now. Whatever, yeah. your dad's pretty cute. Oh no, no, no! He is the cutest. <laughs> no, my dad's the cutest. Okay, they are very close in the running for cutest dads. <laughs> they can just be adorable together. I haven't seen Papa Trimbley, but I have seen Papa Gerald. Yeah, Papa yeah. Trimbley's pretty fucking cute. I love that guy. He's great. I, you're just saying that because you know he's going to listen to this episode. No, I'm. Not, I didn't actually. I thought it was your mom that listened to the episodes. Oh no, 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 Whoops. no. <laughs> <laughs> no, my mom listens to the episode. Yeah, oh right, shit. His mom, her dad, <laughs> and my mom, and probably dad sometimes. And he's no one in my family her. listens to it. <laughs> I don't think. Uh, oh wait, I take that back. One of my cousins does. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. No, Cindy listens and then no, critiques. dude. The first yeah, time Cindy I ever met critiques. the first time I ever met Cat's dad for more than like you know getting picked up from school and shit. Yeah. I was I don't know dropping Jesse off or getting her from your house or something. Something like that. And your dad and your brother 
just immediately were like oh, a nerd and they showed yes. me their rubik's <laughs> cube robot like... that they built and i was it was amazing i loved it i love when like people come into the house and corbin and dad are like oh yes, it's like they latched one. on to the thing no. they were like oh you you know it's it's an aura yeah, yeah. It's, it's just an aura it, it looks like like the equations Around, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the Brazilian lady meme? Yes. <laughs> yes. Shared a picture, apparently, the mo- you know the Dungeons and Dragons movie. They're, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of their sponsors is Nerds Candy. Mm-hmm. Nice. And that's the, that's clever. clever. That's the well Nerds done. Candy is rainbow colored. Yeah. So the package literally says rainbow, nerd, Dungeons and Dragons. Or, yeah. Oh, the yeah. Meme was, says, this describes Rainbow my Nerds, Dungeons and Dragons describes my friend circle. Isn't that just Critical Role? <laughs> Pretty much. <Yeah. laughs> rainbow Nerds play Dungeons and Dragons. Speaking of Rainbow Nerds, I saw a post that was about like transgender and non binary names. And the thing for non binary names is that they are almost always inanimate objects. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and yeah, you didn't yeah. you didn't do this on purpose. No, but my name is Ruby. You are a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Like you are a non binary yeah, 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 sandwich. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's nominative <laughs> determinism. I literally am not gonna lie, I can't walk into like a sandwich shop or anything without thinking of you. You're immediately <laughs> I'm like, oh, my <laughs> It's a curse that I was given. <laughs> my little sauerkraut on rye. <laughs> That's appropriate. The noise you just made. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the noises that I listen back on the podcast, and I'm like, geez, why? No, that was appropriate. That was perfectly appropriate. Those are going to be in the intro. All the snorts. Just a compilation just of all Just a compilation of, my yeah. of snorts. It's just like an EDM remix of cat snorting. <laughs> oh, that would be great. <laughs> I know a lot of, I've seen a lot of TikToks where that could be fucking fire. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Was it you that liked the TikTok I shared about the... Yes. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> it goes on for so much longer than you think it's gonna. You're like, you got like... a Starbucks? There's a there's a Sunbucks. <laughs> my favorite is, do you have Chips Ahoy? We got cookies. Yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So welcome. I everybody. like Obama fried chicken. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. That was one of the only Obama ones. Obama fried chicken. <laughs> but uh, we're, yeah, six minutes in. Welcome, everybody, to Two Towns Over. I am Don. I'm not. Me either. But I'm Kat. Yay. Finally, somebody knows who the fuck they are. I identify as a nuisance today. Oh, great. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds delightful. <laughs> then and, I'm glad I did a short script. And we're giving a lot of opportunities for Monty Python bits. Oh, yeah. Ooh. So so uh, today, I identify as the Black Knight from Monty Python right now. <laughs> is in nuisance level, that's where we're at. <laughs> like your arms off? Bleed on me? No, it isn't. <laughs> no, 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 not a threat whatsoever. Just really, I'm just persistent laying it out. and yeah, just yeah. I'm just laying it out. Like I can't stop, so I'm gonna just I, I'm losing limbs left and right, but I'm gonna bite the bitch to death. I don't know. <laughs> oh no, your bloody legs off. All right, so in case you haven't figured it out, uh, we got four Monty Python nerds talking about the legend of King Arthur today. So uh, strap in, folks. Um, It's going to be one of those episodes. My favorite part of Monty Python is the credit sequence at the beginning, Mm. and it is non-audible. That's right. So you can't make jokes about it. It's just a funky little sequence, and I love it. I love it. (laughs) 
I was gonna do the first part of this in Swedish, and then I just I yeah, forgot. no, it's like it starts. Ta- it's like they get they have like an argument. Yeah, in the well, credits, like back and forth, and then they like hire like three different people, yeah. and then it's just very yes. good, and then it starts turning into nonsense Swedish words. Yes, have you? Which I'm actually because of how ridiculous of a language Swedish is, and I speak English, so I can say that. Um, <laughs> it's. I don't know if those are real Swedish words or not. They're not. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, Swedish, Sweden, D- uh, D- Deutschland, or whatever. <laughs> the Dutch. You guys, we got, it's the three of us. We got the weirdest languages. Yeah. yeah. Just a, the whole, all three of us, it we just finishes. say nonsense shit. Finnish is super weird. Yeah. They actually have two different, or three, I take that. They have three different uh, audio uh, commentaries on the DVD. Uh-huh. One is the four guys or the five remaining guys talking about the making of the movie. Uh-huh. There's one where it is all in Shakespeare. Like, nice. And then there's another one where it's just what is it for people who don't like the movie or something? And it's just the noise of somebody living his life <laughs> over the, the course of the movie. No, that's the single most wild? Monty Python thing that they've is, ever done. Actually, that sounds. Actually, fucking amazing as a watching experience of that movie. Yes, I mean, especially if you've seen it enough times that you could quote right. it verbatim, right? right. And yeah. and been in the musical rendition of true. <laughs> yes. Also, because you mentioned Shakespeare, I'm just going to look up a few of the words he uh, invented. A few of the thousands. Um, Wild Goose Chase is one. Heart of Gold, I think. Um, he invented the word accused. Yes. Impartial, laughable, lustrous, majestic, monumental, moonbeam. This motherfucker invented moonbeam. Oh yes, you got to be kidding me! All the fairy core people can thank him now. <laughs> I'm for real. <laughs> well, Obsequiously, such a good word. Ooh. This man was a poop joke guy for real. Oh, <laughs> like this, 100%. he was. Listen. Your cousin who ain't got no teeth. Took his glasses off for this. Like, (laughs) (laughs) it's just an extra layer of expression that you get to have. Um, Okay, I want to put this into context because Shakespeare wasn't even as highbrow, quote unquote, as Monty Python. It was more like (sighs) I love describing Monty Python as highbrow. (laughs) I would well because what I'm going to mention now is Mike Myers. Oh, uh-huh. good segue. That level of like literally fucking um, what's the one he on did? <laughs> what's Just the one he concern. did about the the spy? Austin Powers. Yeah, yeah. those yeah. movies are like that's what. Listen, I watched Midsummer Night's <laughs> Dream. Cat was in it. She remembers this. Yeah, I hope. I, I was because in it. yes, because I came. Out of the theater at the end of the show, and a woman I didn't know hugged me and was like, "You are the only person who was laughing. Thank you for getting it." I was like, <laughs> "I was like, are you kidding me? That shit's hilarious. It's so funny." My man had a a fucking donkey face. Man, come on. <laughs> 
Get out of here. Oh my god. What was so great about that show is we, the man who played Bottom, he was an amazing human being. Very Mike, good. if you're listening to this, I'm sorry for telling the world this, but it's hilarious and I'm going to share. Um, he was just a sweater. Like he just would Ooh, sweat. Same dog. Oh, yeah. Like profusely. So much. It's just standing. It's wild. I hate it. So at one point when all of the like royals and the lovers or everything are watching the show at the very end he like does this huge extravagant thing like with uh you know the lady part which is the young boy and it's just so funny he was absolutely extravagant the whole time but he ends up like starfished on the ground like in down in front of us and it was the best thing ever because he had to play dead for like a good solid like minute you could see the soaked outline oh my god he gets up and it's just a like a a puddle like so <laughs> dude i Angel. sweat so goddamn bad that sometimes when i get out of my shoes from work and i step on the tile of my floor <laughs> i can see my footprints yeah <laughs> it's it's awful y- y'all it's, it's seen, the worst feeling y'all should have seen so uncomfortable mark during rocky horror oh, oh, same way he had to have a handkerchief in his corset Bro, I when i was when i was in uh xanadu I had, they, every time I went backstage, they had like three powders fucking (laughs) hidden for me to just powder up before I went out every time. Yeah, all of you people in fucking Xanadu, you got to wear like these flowing togas the entire time. I was wearing that damn three-piece suit that for some reason, for some reason, instead of just getting a powder blue suit, they painted the suit. Oh, community theater is weird God. as fuck. So I go to it. Goodwill. What are so you doing? As I'm sweating on stage, I stick my hand in my pant pocket, pull it out. My hand comes out blue, like I've just jerked off a Smurf. <laughs> and why would Smurfs have blue sperm? I didn't. I don't know. How, I, Laugh and move on. Yes, <laughs> I'm just actually, asking because black people got. Normal sperm. <laughs> like, I'm just wondering. Smurfs are magical creatures. That's yes. fair. They, they, can... they could jizz glitter. I'm asking, you don't know. I bet it is glitter is what I was going to say just now, actually. <laughs> so, oh, Smurfs are mushroom sake. creatures. They probably sprout. So, for any kids listening, All right. don't worry about it. They're plants. So, damsels in distress. Mike and it's even. Damsels in distress. Huh, Doomed what? and forbidden love. Epic battles and quests in pursuit of strange creatures. This is the world of Arthurian the quest- legend. A fucking hot take. The questing beast is just a giraffe. <laughs> no idea what you're talking You don't about. know what the fucking... God, I have told you specifically this on the podcast before. How many episodes have we done? It's a really know, good man. thing you wrote a short script. It is. <laughs> Considering we're 15 minutes in and I've read one sentence of the yeah. script. <laughs> Fuck off. I don't care. I told you I identify as a nuisance today. <laughs> the questing beast or the beast gladizant is a cross-animal monster appearing in many medieval texts of Arthurian legend and modern works ex- inspired by them. Let's see. Uh, it is a... Let's see. The head and neck of a serpent, the body of a leopard, the haunches of a lion, and the feet of a heart. The heart? The, the heart is basically a, a... Like a uh, doe. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just picturing like yeah, a heart giraffe. with chicken legs. That's just a giraffe. It's totally a giraffe. Yeah. It's got a tail with a little po- ball on the end like a lion. Its body is spotted like a leopard. It's got a big, long neck like a snake. And, it's got, and it's got hooves like a deer. Wow. It's a giraffe. Medieval descriptions of animals are always fucking wild. 
the best. So this is the world of Arthurian legend, and at the center of it all, there is the once and future king, Arthur himself. I'm going to look that up, because I might, I might be wrong. Who, according to the stories, pulled a sword from a stone to become the greatest king that Britain had ever known. It was actually an anvil. Okay. I, nope, I was right. It's like a, it's like a hooved beast. It's like a, deer, the cartoon like a weird looking deer. Relating to? No, it's like one of the original stories. It was an anvil uh, that he had to pull out It's not a doe, though. Of. It's an adult male European red deer. Okay. He's in his own podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to two podcasts at the same time. Welcome two, to two, two podcasts. Two, two, two times ago. Two, yeah, or whatever. Two, two. Two, two towns squared over, towns over. over. Yes. <laughs> um, Welcome to two factorial towns over. But uh, that's still just two. That's why that's fun. This is the world which has inspired an overwhelming amount of literature, film, music, dance, and other works of art. Wagner's opera Tristan and Isolde, I S O L D A. Oh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of names like that. Isolde. There was a sold. Yeah, Isolde. Uh, follows the I'm romance. Playing about a Skyrim, and there's a person named Isolde that's in that, right. so that's why. Um, yeah, Tristan and Isolde follows the romance of two Arthurian, two of Arthuriana's star-crossed lovers. Tennyson immortalizes Elaine of Alstalat, a young maiden who fell in unre. I'm right here. I'm sorry. Elaine of Alstalat, uh, a young maiden who fell for unrequited love with the with one of Arthur's knights in his poem The Lady of Shalott. And more recently, Disney and Hollywood have turned their head turned their hand to Camelot. Many came to know King Arthur through Disney's The Sword of the Stone. Great thing. Great fucking flick. Mm-hmm. And in 2017... I, for the first time ever, I get to actually read along with Don, and that <laughs> means I'm, I might have to ask less about what he said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, many came to know King Arthur through Disney's... I said that. And in 2017's Guy Ritchie released a blockbuster which has Arthur growing up in a brothel before getting swept up in political intrigue. That movie was trash. That is not how the story happened. That movie was trash. But who was King Arthur? Where did these legends come from? And what makes Arthurian literature so appealing to the modern audience? Swords. Magic. Yeah. Now, the idea of a hero that can overcome... Quests, Quests, baby! The idea of a hero that can overcome even... It's the whole reason I've got like 90 hours in Skyrim right now. (laughs) And all I did was download a mod that gives me unlimited fucking everything. So now I've got a sword that does like 3 million damage. (laughs) And armor that has like uh, literally 2 billion points of protection. (laughs) You know what else I think is a big draw about the Arthurian saga? What? Ensemble cast. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you get to pick your favorite yeah. character. Yes, you get exactly. to pick your favorite. It's why anime does it. It's yep. why your yeah. favorite shows did it. It's how Game yep. of Thrones did it. That's why my hero is so successful. Yep, big cast, unique characters, and like all of them intermingle with each other in yep. different unique ways. Because listen, every human has uh, attention issues. Yep, not all of you have ADHD. That's a diagnosis that you need. But like. <sighs> You all are easily distracted. All, yes. all of us. Every one of us is easily distracted. And if we don't like a thing, we'll turn it off. So you just put more shit in there. Yep. Shiny, shiny, shiny. Exactly. <laughs> oh, a tree that cries blood. A boy who can be a wolf. A girl who changes faces. A man at the wall of ice. Like, it's, yeah. <laughs> 
So the idea of a hero that can overcome even death can be traced all the way back to the prehistoric age. And then occasionally when it's boring. Dragons! Anyway. When hunters would witness the bear, considered to be one of the fiercest hunters, enter a cave at the end of autumn and appear to quote-unquote die, only to reappear in the spring. Now this gave rise to many stories about the resurrected hero... I did not realize that we got I, that trope from bears hibernating. Yes. That's neat. Uh, what now? Yeah. Um, We're talking Paleolithic people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nope, I'm following. I, what I was going to say, I forgot. So never mind. Okay. <laughs> so to this... Oh! Sorry. I just learned recently that hibernation doesn't work the way I thought it did. Like, like most animals that hibernate that are, like, big, like bears, mm-hmm. don't fucking actually sleep the whole time. No. They, like, get up occasionally. They just sleep for, like, more of the day than not. It's wild. I did not know that. It's basically they just sleep, and then they get up and lounge, and then they sleep again. Like, when you're sick in in middle school and you're watching Price is Right. God, that sounds beautiful. Right? Right. Yeah. (laughs) You're just chilling, man. I hibernated for a hot minute, like, after I left CVS and still had CVS money coming in for a second. I was basically hibernating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that shit's... Good. It's like it helps. <laughs> like, don't do it too often, though, because that's depression. Yeah. So to There's this day, line. legend states it is, it that, is really fine. that Arthur will rise again when the world needs him the most. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So one question which has preoccupied historians for centuries is whether or not King Arthur was a real man or entirely a work of fiction. He, he, he was entirely a work of fiction. Mm-hmm. Evidence for historical King Arthur is very scant. All that is known with certainty is that a man named Arthur, or Arturus, led a band of warriors in bloody resistance against a number of invading forces, including the Saxon, Saxons and the Jutes, around 5th and 6th century AD. I just realized that in Dark Souls, Artorius is just King Arthur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, all I can think about... Anytime anyone says the word Saxons is uh, Christopher Lee's metal album, the song specifically, <laughs> that is just basically him going like, I shed the blood of Saxon men and holding a sword. It's rad. <laughs> nice. Um, While dudes just headbang their ass off in the background. It's yes. amazing. Yes. So, however, this is significantly earlier than most medieval legends place King Arthur. So I'm confused. Is the bear the hero in the story, or is it like they chose the trait of the bear to give to a mythical hero? Well, uh, the... because bears were the mightiest hunters, the bear yeah. is essentially the hero. Right, I H- see. hunting was life. Yeah, yeah. no, I got yeah. that. I get that. But I was, I just meant like that's what I was basically asking: is the bear the hero, or is the hero receiving traits of the bear the greatest hunter? You know what I'm saying? I it's, think it's, it's both. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's actually. Or wolves, that depending at, on where you're from. That at this time, Arthur is actually sleeping in a cave. Rad. Is one of That's the, actually rad. He's yeah. living the life also, we I all have want. a question. Which means he's waking up and lounging Why? occasionally. Because I didn't want to be smacking on my gum in the microphone. Oh, and but I knew I would have been. Do you want to keep it? No, I just didn't have uh, anything else. Well, uh, my gum a... is currently on my knee. so I was so just I'm very confused about, about like, it. Wrap that up. Yes. Can, uh, that'll, <laughs> that works. During plays and when um, Jill terrifies me during musical stuff and she's like, she starts yelling at someone else for gum and I realize that I have gum in my mouth. I usually will stick it behind my ear, even at the cost of losing hair because I'm so terrified of her. That's wild. I didn't think people did that except in movies. I thought that was only like Willy Wonka. That's what I'm saying. Yep. 
No, Jill. Jill's My a, gum, it's gum. Jill's a scary woman. Just swallow it. I, I love what? and respect what? her more than like anyone else in in the world. Oh, so except for my my own actual mother. Yeah, but Jill, Jill's a scary woman. <laughs> I think that like the fear is. From I don't the know why you guys. Yes, that's exactly that. what it is. I thought it because when I was doing spam a lot. See, bringing it back. Yep. During, You're gonna try, Don. I'm gonna try. Uh, we were rehearsing. <laughs> Nuisance. I will uh, remind you. You won't succeed on Broadway. And there's that line we have to say. I tell you, Arthur King. Here's one essential thing. And I did that. Now uh-huh. that song is fast, and I have asthma. Yes. So I was constantly like trying to catch my breath, and she was at the piano, and she was like, "You need to say the G," and I was like, "I." I, I did. I, I said it. And I was like freaked out. I was like, oh, shit. She's going to. Yeah. So I can see it. Y'all didn't grow up in a black household, I no. think, is what no. happened. It's, can, can you is it? Can you tell that? Yeah. Is that, that, is it that obvious? <laughs> I mean, we literally have someone who is the total opposite of a black person sitting next to me. I am translucent. <laughs> I, this feels like deja vu somehow. I, oh, I, like, I, I, I what uh, happened? Okay, so what I mean is this: <laughs> is that in the context of music, my dad was never like Jill is a little bit militant when it comes to music, but my dad was just as strict. Oh yeah, if not as uh, blunt. Shall we say? I, I oh. think that that's what scares me the most about Jill, and is that she will be so blunt about the thing that you did wrong. I also <laughs> grew up I grow, going to a Catholic school, being taught by nuns. So like, oh fuck! But I yeah, also like remember that. being in so the did car. Jill. That's what I'm saying, though, is that it's just the you gotta. It's the culture, man. No, 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 I get it. Like to say, like I didn't grow up in that, but I remember going like to dinner with your family and being in the car and you guys were, it literally was just like the radio playing and um, we just be singing, singing, but harmonizing, but your dad would like correct you guys. Mm-hmm. Your dad would like in, the, like in the moment being like, Nope, you should have taken under, you know, or no, nope, mm-hmm. you should have done it like mm-hmm. legitimately. Cor- or he would like look at you and it, like sing what you should be singing. It truly takes so much effort not to do that to my friends because <laughs> hey listen because of that my friends are not as good at me at singing most of them some of them are most of those people are in this room like <laughs> it's 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 real difficult i used to work with this guy named charles wesley uh founder of the methodist church but a different one a black one this time <laughs> um and charles could not carry a tune in a bucket full of fucking holes this man was bad at singing but he was so goddamn joyful i couldn't just i couldn't you know and it's but it's so difficult i know (laughs) it's it's real hard sing as if nobody's listening Mm -hmm. right right and we want to encourage that we do but fucking get it right though at the same time says the back of my head So in a 9th century Latin history of Britain, also called the Historia Britonum, a Welsh monk called Ninius mentions a warlord named Arthur who fought 12 battles against invaders and who managed to fell 960 men in one go. That 
is a good ass legend. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Why is this legend so fucking good? That's a that's a good number for yeah. that too, because like it it is just, just short beyond, of a thousand. It's just beyond what's realistic. Oh, but yeah. not completely excessive. No, no, no. It's how many was it? Nine hundred and sixty in a go. Yes, one in day, one go. Yes. That is unrealistic. I mean, it is unrealistic, However, but it's unrealistic to the point where you're like, oh, yeah, I could see a normal man killing a hundred in one go. No. So this I, is this man is here's, ten times. Here's what I'm saying, Josh, is that it's way, Joshua, it's jo- way Joshua. fucking harder to kill a man in armor with a stabby weapon than you think it is. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. It, yeah. It's so hard. Like, a hundred is heroic. Nine, almost a thousand is like... Godlike. Do you understand? It's, like it's anime protagonist. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. I would like to see any of us like take out six like straw bags with armor on it, you know, with a stabby weapon and not be immensely winded and needing of a nap. Bro, afterwards. I'll give you three max. I, right I now. think I none would of be, us do swords. No. I'd be <laughs> so psychologically. I'd be so psychologically into it that no matter how long it took me, I'd be like, bring me nine hundred and fifty six more. <laughs> So, but. okay, imagine the standard rapier. A rapier is about two to three feet long, plus a hilt and guard. It weighs somewhere between like five and eight pounds. That doesn't sound too bad. But imagine swinging it. that you are holding a two-pound weight in your hand, and it is connected by a fucking... Pole or like anyone just go get a to another three pound weight that is three feet away from you and then you gotta hold that up and swing it for a full day. Go get a broom. Go get a broom and hold it out at arm's length, you know. For what I mean? ten minutes. Yeah. Do it. Go. Well maybe he was just sitting in a chair and had his sword out and guys ran at him one at a time and he would just <laughs> No, that's Robin Hood Men in Type. There you go. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Truly though, that scene is so good. <laughs> Fuck, I love that. Mel Brooks is real good Genius. at his job. Dude. Yeah. Genius. No, but I, what I think I like about this fact is, like, it's not, like, I mean, something ballad-esque would be, like, you know, slew a thousand men in a day or something. Like, it would be, like, a round number. You yeah. Know what I mean? But mm-hmm. this one is almost, like, it's so specific. It's yeah. fact-like, if that makes yes, sense. Yes, exactly. You know? it's, it, it's like when your teacher told you, like, for the SAT or whatever, it's like, you, you're, they're going to ask you to argue for something that you've never heard of. Make right. shit up. They don't yep. care. Yes. They, and they're like, you make up a percentage. Don't make it a round percentage. Make yeah. it a weird percentage. Yes. That sounds better. Like, yes. So some other 10th century Welsh chronicles. We're still talking about King Arthur, by yes, the way. we are. <laughs> uh, uh, I haven't forgotten. <laughs> so some other 10th century Welsh chronicles also make reference to a leader called Arthur. Similarly, similar, oh my God, similarly. similarly fierce and successful in battle. However, the first reference to a man recognizable as the quote-unquote King Arthur we know today comes in another historical chronicle written a few hundred years later. Are we going to talk about Uther Pendragon? A little uh, bit. The real oh, person? Oh, for sure. Okay, cool. In Geoffrey of Monmouth's Historia... And also the... Not just Anthony Head. What? What is he that? He doesn't know what you're talking about. Oh, that makes me so sad. He was Why? the Repo Man in Repo. He was the Repo Man. He was in Buffy. Oh, 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 yeah, that guy. Okay, yeah. yes. He's either Pendragon and the Mer- uh, Merlin yeah, from BBC. Merlin. Okay. Yeah. See, I would have got there. <laughs> so in Geoffrey of Monmouth's Historia Regium Britanniae. What else has he been in? Uh, 
Buffy the Vampire Slayer. What's his name again? Anthony, Anthony Head. Yeah, or Anthony Stewart Head. Uh, oh, which yeah, yeah. it's a history of kings of Britain from 1138. The basic framework of the Arthurian legend is put into place. And then others, later authors, built on that foundation. Take the opportunity to read. Yeah. Go fast. <laughs> Jeffrey, of Mo- well, I know as soon as he finds it, he's going to stop me. So. Well, he's kind of like, uh, oh, frack. Um, Tim Curry, like, Tim Curry, like, did a bunch of, like, fun, weird shit. But he also, like, was in, um... Home Alone, and he also was in, like, a bunch of, like, kid stuff, like, from yeah. our childhood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay, now run. <laughs> so, Jeffrey of Monmouth is the first known writer to identify Arthur as the King of Britain. And he is also the first to outline Arthur's genealogy. According to Jeffrey, Arthur's, Arthur's father, Uther Pendragon, is aided by a sorcerer and prophet called Merlin to impersonate another man and sleep with his wife resulting in the conception of Arthur. There's quite a bit of, like, polymorphing people into other people so you can fuck their wives in yeah. Arthur stories. I mean, that goes In many myths. Many fucking yeah. myths. Mythology. Yeah. Didn't Zeus do that? A oh. whole bunch of times, yeah. dude. Yeah. As animals <laughs> and men and women. The most unrealistic thing that Disney's Hercules ever did was portray Zeus as a loving family man. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Two other major chronicles uses Geoffrey of Monmouth as a source to embellish the story of King Arthur and further establish the legend we're familiar with today. In the 12th century, a Norman poet called Wace based his Roman de Brut, W-A-C-E, how would you spell it? No, 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 you're good. Um, Based his Roman de Brut, or the History of Britain, from 1155 on Geoffrey's work adding in a new features like the special round table created for Arthur's barons so that they would not argue over precedence and status at meetings. You know, the round tables one of my favorite parts about it's like of, it's the best part. I would kind of so love cool. for us to have a round podcasting table. That would be awesome. That's good. Cuz hey, li- hey, this is what the fuck I was talking about a few weeks ago or a week ago or whenever it was we were talking about symbolism. We can't help it. We love that shit. Yes. <laughs> Um, reason I get up in the morning. Like. Symbolism, yeah, absolutely. I feel like I'm ashamed to say this, but I think it's from Percy Jackson. Oh, oh yeah, he was the, yeah. It's okay. He was oh, we'll Karen or whatever. Yeah. What's wrong with the Percy Jackson movies? Huh? Where let's let's talk start? about King Arthur. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. We, we you know it's so podcast. fucking bad when Ruben won't even go on a tangent about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's similar to... Only oh, thing worse is the Avatar movie. Whoa! I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say we it's similar to the Avatar home, movie. We will not talk about the one M. that Night doesn't Shyamalan. exist. It doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> exist. Josh, it's okay. It's a myth. But okay. I... It's... Also, okay. But I liked it when I, was a, when I was that age. So, like, I fucking don't want to talk about it. Like, I, I don't want to talk about it. So, um, yeah, so the round table created for Arthur's barons so that they would not argue over precedence and status at meetings. In the 13th century, an English poet called Leamon combines the Arthurian sections from Geoffrey and Wace and further expands on the legend. So, for example, he adds in a riot between barons and noblemen. Geoffrey and Wace are such different names. (laughs) (laughs) Like... It always surprises me how early humans had names that are like normal. So, well, normal to us, yes, but so incongruent with what we would have thought of as that time period. Yeah, like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yeah, well, well, I mean, not that's... exactly. Well, 
that's translated yeah. and has a lot of explanations that don't make a lot of sense. But um, so, yeah, it's a religious. What do you mean? It's a religious text, exactly. Um, what happened? Did I? No, you no. Keep okay. going. Okay, so no. sweet. Um, <laughs> I because I am I I do identify as a nuisance, but at least I try to be like a nice one, you know. <laughs> um, what the fuck was I talking about? Names, right? Like not like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but more like Ruth is in the Bible. Yeah, that's just Ruth is a biblical name. Esther, Esther, right? But then you also have motherfuckers named like Gilgamesh and Enkidu, Enkidu, or Joshua. Right? What happened? How do we do it? Wace. I think Wace was the last name. Yeah, fine. So the number of the Knights of the Round Table, including King Arthur, and their names vary greatly between the like like Arthur, but also Lancelot. Yeah. Galahad. Fucking Mordred. <laughs> and their names vary greatly between the versions published by different writers. The figure may range from a dozen to as many as 1,600. Sir, unnamed in this movie. <laughs> 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 I was going until I saw that there was a huge list of of Knights of the Round Table. I was gonna do like Lancelot, Galahad, Sir, not appearing in this podcast. Yep. <laughs> Damn it! I should have said that. Fuck. That's so good. <laughs> Shit! I was working on that exact joke and I couldn't get there. Fuck! When we did introductions, I really could have done Sir, not appearing in this podcast, mm-hmm. and then just like gotten up and left. And I I let it go whenever it said that he was the first time that it was ever referred to as the King of the Britons. I gotta go King of the Hair. <laughs> I was like, uh, nope, he's on a roll. He ain't got <laughs> shit all over him. <laughs> Who are the Britons? <laughs> well, I didn't vote for you. <laughs> Take it in turns. <laughs> I actually did. Yeah, I'm, I'm going off topic. Fuck you. It's my show. Ah, now we see the violence inherent in the system. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's what the fuck I'm on, okay? My senior year in high school was the year I got heavily into Monty Python. <laughs> Anyway, so my senior year in high school, I uh, was when I got into Monty Python, and I, when I did, we had to do oral presentations for 1984, and I couldn't give a regular That's oral one presentation. one year before a bowling for soup. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so what I did is I actually took the constitutional peasant. Uh-huh. Um, is that what he's credited as? Yes. Ah, yes. I did the constitutional peasant, the cheese shop, and blackmail. The, the skit blackmail the game show as representations of what would happen if big brother took over so instead of king arthur it was big brother mm-hmm. and you know the cheese shop was there's no food you know mm-hmm. and then the i forget blackmail was just big brother watching and then my one i had to i got assigned william william browning the guy who wrote elegy written in a churchyard mm-hmm. robert browning he was a and i did mm-hmm. monty python i showed them the black knight because Robert Browning was talking about when you take like something horrible and make it funny, it's not contrast, it's a star. Mm-hmm. And so I did, I showed everybody the, the it's scene. It's not contrast, it's a star? Yeah, it, it's not bad. It's something good if you can take two things that aren't supposed to be together. Mm-hmm. So in, in, in that example, it was the Black Knight who has this horrible thing getting his arms and legs cut off and his total lack of caring about it. Mm-hmm. That was That's what made it funny. So I showed yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we did, I had AP American History and we finished our, you know, the studies and we had like a week before we 
school let out, so it was every day somebody just brought and we I brought in Monty Python and Holy Grail and we watched it in AP history. That's rad. <laughs> nice advanced placement classes. You're exposing these people to Monty Python. Monty Python. Yes, mm-hmm. my AP US history. The class best and brightest among you. Not anymore. Real bad. <laughs> One of my history teachers totally introduced me to SNL. I never, I was like super sheltered. I'm so glad you finished. Schuster? Yes. I'm so glad you finished with L because for a second I thought you were going to say S&M. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, that's a. Uh. Yeah, that's something she wants her dad to know. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Daddy Trembly. <laughs> see, name. you know, earlier I almost said Daddy Trembly, yeah. but I decided to go with Papa instead. Because yeah. I've never met him. <laughs> I feel like I know him. He makes Rubik's Cube robots. That's enough. Yeah. Okay. So most commonly, there are between 100 and 300 seats at the table. He truly has like one of those smiles where you're just like, it's infectious. Where you're just like, ah, oh, shit, I got a smile now. such a nugget. So there are between 100 and 300 seats at the table, often with one seat usually permanently empty. It doesn't explain why. 300 was also chosen... Something, something, God. Yeah. 300 was also chosen by Edward III of England when he decided to create his own order of the round table at Windsor Castle in 1344. Fucking posers. (laughs) In many versions, there are over 100 members, as with 140, according to Thomas Mallory, 150 in Caxton's version, and Hartman von Aue, 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 Oh. I would say O. Oh. Hartman von O. Some sources state much smaller because, numbers. Because. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> sources, some sources state much smaller, smaller numbers, such as 13 in Dido's Percival, 50 in the prose Merlin. I'm fucking looking it up. Uh, the prose expansion Vulgate Merlin has 250, and the 60 and 60 in the count by Jean Doltrimus. I don't care. I, I sounded sexy when I said that. So it's Dolcemus. Other state high, <laughs> other state higher numbers, as with 366 in oh, both. It's definitely got to be O. Hold on. Pearl save us in the Chevalier au deux espies. Chevalier au deux espies. Uh, I think it's Chevalier. Whatever. If you guys want to look it up, fucking, look it up. Expect- it's French. Get yeah. the fuck out of my face. Literally like trash. Two-thirds of the vowels, and then make up. <laughs> Just make up whatever the fuck you think it should sound like, and Look, you're probably correct. I did all that French study when we did Gévaudin. I'm, I'm done. Gévaudin. Yeah. But was any of this true? History, as a genre, was treated differently in the medieval period. Oh, yeah. While many chronicles from the period do record provable events, do record provable events, Others embellish, exaggerate, or twist the truth. Oh, yeah. I mean, there were like, um, what were those called? Um, beastie, bestialities? I was right. Or... Oh, I don't think it was like, bestialities. Oh, don't think it was. Sorry, bestiaries. sorry, sorry. Bestiaries, sorry. <laughs> you know when you say something, you're like, Woo! I've just gotten it so wrong. What did you say? Bestialities. Nice. <laughs> Good. <laughs> well, bestiaries, like genuine true like logs of like these are the animals that exist in the known world like kraken everything magellan said was a lie like 
all of those things were like genuinely thought to be true at the time, and like this is also. A point I mean, we, the, the the fucking giraffe is the questing beast. This is exactly what I'm talking about. You're on the same <laughs> wavelength. Yes. I mean, but this is also a time when people would like throw like animal lard at a wall to see if someone was telling the truth if it ran straight or, like, or if it ran sideways. Like that is the time period in which we're working. Right. With. Or this like episode they, the, has run sideways. They would <laughs> they would fucking cut open a, a chicken and just be like so anyway these chicken guts say you're a bitch yeah like <laughs> so uh yeah they do prove others embellish exaggerate or twist the truth and some excuse me even invent outright even invent outright to suit their own agendas jeffrey of monmouth claims that he is copying an ancient manuscript <laughs> but there is no proof that jeffrey actually had uh jeffrey had such a source wait Jeffrey of Monmouth claims that he is copying an ancient manuscript, but there is no proof that Je- Jeffrey actually had such a source, and he may well have invented it to give his own chronicle authenticity. I, there's a thought forming in my head, and it's, you said something a minute ago that made me think... Bestiality? Back, no. no. <laughs> back up a bit. Oh, oh, we were talking about, like, throwing animal art at the wall. Okay, so it it blows my mind. So I just... I like to give ancient people credit, like a lot more credit than we tend to, because we physically have not changed significantly. We just have the benefit of of we have, other people's knowledge. We have the benefit of communicating with the people who are actually smart of each culture. Right. And, like, and like, saving we that have information the, right. better now. We invented language and stuff so that we could store knowledge in future like like literally you can say words in a language because you as a human in the ancient times needed a way to ensure that your wisdom was passed on to future generations so that they could do shit better than you i mean that knowledge was usually if dolphins were jumping you were going to have gale force winds right but, but that's what i'm saying though is that it wasn't usually that it was i mean it was kind of okay what I'm getting at is this. <laughs> Ancient people made steel by mixing animal bone in with iron. Be- they didn't know that carbon from the bone was making the iron be a different thing. Yes. They just knew that via if you put... Via much trial and error. Via a lot of trial and error, that if you put the animal bones, if you put the right amount in there, the spirits or whatever made your sword stronger. Right. That, literally that. Like, for example, they were like, oh, if we put honey on this cut, the cut heals better. Did, not realizing that it was an antiseptic. There was, I mean? It's a blessing from nature. There yeah. was in... But um, it worked, so we keep doing it. In, right. like, ancient Rome... No, no, no. It was either Egypt or Rome. That one of them an ancient Egyptian ones. One. Well, I'm, I'm talking about... There was... there. I believe it was Rome, because I feel like I was watching, like, a European one. But anyway... Um, there was a contraceptive, a natural plant contraceptive that was so effective and so safe that, uh, we used it to extinction. Wow. We didn't, we don't know how to create one of those because at the time they just knew that if you do this with this plant, you're good. Like, it's cool. (laughs) But like... The shit we have now is more dangerous than something that prehistoric people were using because it was so effective. Like, ancient people were just as smart as you 
They just didn't know that the Earth revolved around the sun or, like, why the sky was blue. I would, you know what I'm saying? I would almost, because I have, like, weird my own mental definitions of, like, the word smart. Let's say it's not that they were as smart as us. It's that they were as clever They as were us. as intelligent yes. as us. Yeah, that's yeah, a good They that's were not... They didn't have as much knowledge. Yeah. So I guess technically they weren't as smart, but like they were as intelligent as you are. If they were put they in could, our same situation. If you went back into the past and didn't die of a weird disease, you, you could. You would immediately. You, you would immediately. And you, you would actually kill all of them You would fully do yeah. a, a genocide in the opposite direction as well. But like. <laughs> it, yes. Those problems aside. If you could do that, you and you could communicate with somebody, you could teach them critical thinking literally thousands of years before humans figured that shit out. Because our brains were capable of it. Our yeah. brains are elastic. Yeah. They're, they, like, you think of a kid being super smart and whatever. Your brain can do that, too. It just takes a little bit of work. You got to warm it up first. That's all. So just because Jeffrey records a king called Arthur doesn't mean that such a man really existed. Moreover, was Arthur real or not is not necessarily the most interesting question. From their origins, the use of Arthurian legends reveals as much about those adapting the legends as it does about the true Arthur. So the political undercurrents of the recent adaptation by Guy Ritchie... Was Jesus a homeless man or God's chosen son? Um, It's up to you to decide. uh, The political undercurrents of the recent adaptation by Guy Ritchie, which explores poverty... The oppression and exploitation of the poor by those in power. The answer is both. Gender equality and revolt uh, reveals as much about the ideological concerns of the contemporary world as it does about the medieval period. We don't know whether or not Arthur was real, but we do know that countless authors have used his legends to explore their own anxieties, fears, and hope. The way it was taught to me in the one college class that I did attend was that for the most part, what, depending on which Arthurian legend you're reading, which author, not to get confusing in an audio medium, but whatever, <laughs> um, it it was mostly a a legend based around like some war or another or some combination of wars, like the conquest of Britain, basically, right, and the particular influence of that writer in whatever details like there's the myth that everybody vaguely knows the sword in the stone and the or the mort d'artur or the death of king arthur or the fucking uh th white one the lady of the lake yeah yeah yeah. arm clad in the pure shimmering samurite right yeah because some (laughs) trollop threw a sword at you yeah 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 um it's basically it's just the legend of Arthur it was used as a metaphor for whatever the fuck they were going through at the time. Yeah, right. I mean, it it only makes the most natural amount of sense too because like wars were just always happening all over Europe at the time. Like li- there was basically no peace yeah. for long, long periods of time. And so when oh pe- that sounds that doesn't sound familiar. No, right at yeah, all. Exactly. No. They're just different now. But that was what people we talked about. We live in America in 2022. I just war. want y'all to understand for the future. Just that's <laughs> what we're go. That's what we're getting at. People mm-hmm. talked about what was happening with the war all current the time. Events. Like that was their that was their current events. Mm-hmm. That We've was been their in news. Afghanistan for twenty fucking years. So oh, wow. 
Are we? Yeah, true. Well, but technically, um, technically. Sorry, you finished. Yeah, but when, it turned twenty before we. When did people that, go to write fantastical stories, they relate them to the most prevalent thing that's happening in society at the time, yes. which was almost always, you know, the the royalty and their wars and yeah. their yeah. yeah. It's just like themed fan fiction in a time exactly. where copyright wasn't a thing, and then applying it's like your... when Goku goes to Hogwarts on fucking archive of our own or whatever. <laughs> It's exactly what it was, though. This this is just fan fiction. Yeah, it, like it just is fan fiction through the years, where they, uh, like you said, like applied it to like their current surroundings and things that were happening to them. Yeah, it, you know what it is. Literally, King Arthur's myth is the Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. It literally because the Chronicles, of, the Chronicles Narnia of Narnia is, just, Narnia the Bible. is just Christian fan fiction. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like it yeah, fuck really your stupid Jesus lion. I, wow. But the Jesus Lion is really good, though. No, I love Aslan so much. My, mo- my mom read all of the Narnia books to me out loud when I was a kid. I love Narnia. Bro, but- bro I fucking... Huh, I love Narnia so goddamn much. It's anyway, so good. Um, <laughs> I was quoting a meme. Oh, shit. <laughs> Narnia's great. I, it's I like, love funny it. meme, but I actually don't mean it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How sad is it the only full book I ever read to Brandon as he was growing up was The Talisman by Stephen King. I mean, <laughs> that explains telling, so but much. Not sad. It's not sad. I know it's a great book. I love it. It's my favorite book of all time. That's why I read it. So. <laughs> the only, the only book that, uh, besides coding manuals, the only book that I know for a fact my dad read was a book about um, African American history. Mm-hmm. So he read to you. Nope. Just read. Just once when I was an adult, he had a book and he was reading it, and I was like, "You read?" And he was like. <laughs> And I was like, no, 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 sorry. For fun? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, what? But I know that your mama read you some of the coolest books. She she, she read, okay. She so, had that one Seuss book that she could read, and it was a super tongue twister. Fox and Socks. I was going to say that my parents were not able to read to me for very long because I fucking, I, I, I was reading a, like a college level. Is it kind of like how when Don tries to read to you? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, not at all. It would be more like if Don was trying to read Harry Potter to me, and I was like, "Look, ma'am, I can do this faster if you just give me that, please." Just give it to me. I literally remember being in like it's so young, year? like like so young. Sorry, no, 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 senior year, and your mom, like someone, Jesse or I, found the book, and like she was like, "Oh." And Jesse got you and Jesse. I feel like I'm so really excited. excited, very and excited. You guys literally like gave her the book and then like sat down like like on the floor. Like she mm-hmm. was on the couch and we all like sat down in the floor. It's a ritual. Crisscross applesauce and they were like ready. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'm gonna assume the position too. And I sat down too. And oh my god, my like 18 year old brain was like exploded and I felt like I was seven and it was great. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Yeah, I mean. It's just like nostalgia. It's a talent. It's a talent that parents have if they were good, I think. It's like you always are going to have certain memories. I mean, like, the listeners will know my life has not been easy. But, like, that is not to say that, like, I don't have awesome memories of shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's great. Everybody should. And if you don't, that's a real problem, a true issue. So stories about Arthur's kingdom. Uh, we're still talking about King Arthur. Blame the government. We probably could solve these issues, but we won't. It's not your fault. It's from the flea market. 
um, with their shifting cast of characters surviving over 500 manuscripts written in a number of different languages, 40 of which are housed in the British Library. They were popular not only among richer men and women who could afford to acquire manuscripts and who knew how to read them, but also among poorer members of society. Can, okay. We were just talking about how young I was reading at a college level, because, specifically because of my mom. Um, why? Oh, no, no, no. Can any of you imagine what it's like not to be able to read at all? No. No. Isn't that can. so difficult? Like, I can imagine what it's like to not be able to read a foreign language. Right. But, like, if I was looking at English and it was just symbols, I don't understand that. There's there's a, a video game called Kingdom Come Deliverance. Uh-huh. And it takes place in the, you know, 14 or 1500s, very medieval knights on horses type mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, the good it, shit. It focuses on realism, which to a fault a lot of the time, but that's beside the point. Mm-hmm. There is a point in the game where your character has to learn how to read. Because, like, you're, you're investigating a murder or whatever, and the murderer wrote some shit on the wall in the victim's blood. And you're looking at it, and you're like, I know that these squiggly lines are letters, but I don't know what they mean. And so to you, the, you, the player, they are just weird, like runic symbols Uh almost. And you have to go like, you have to go find a reading teacher in the game to teach your character how to read so that you as the player are able to pick up books and see real letters. This is specifically why I want to learn to read Japanese. I yes. don't necessarily want to learn how to speak it, but I think that'll come with that it for will. me. Inherently. But if I can learn how to read it to the point where it makes sense when I look at it, I I just want to know what that's like. I don't even really care that it's Japanese. It's just that I watch a lot of anime and I chose a language that didn't have symbols like the one that I yeah. use. And it like I want to know what it feels like to look at different like at new words and know what they mean. Again, like you know what I mean? It yeah. was so long ago. <laughs> so the stories were also popular among poorer members of society as the legend traveled in popular song and oral story- storytelling. In historical chronicles, like those authored by Geoffrey of Monmouth and Leomon, the world of Arthur is characterized by violent battles and is concerned with the politics of kingship and the creation of a nationhood. King Arthur, the great military leader, is integral in making Britain a superpower, something which later dynasties, such as the Tudors, recognized and used for their own ends claiming ancestry to the legendary king to legitimize their own claims to the throne. Yeah, king of the who? The Britons. The Britons. The Britons. Well, I didn't vote for you. <laughs> oh, I could do this all day. Um, however, the world of King Arthur, which is best known today with its supernatural beings, its beautiful women, tournaments and nightly activities, comes instead from the French romance tradition. As much as I love... Arthurian legend, the French kind, the one that we all know. I do not like the fashion of that time, and I'll be honest, I don't think the women were very pretty. <laughs> um, I don't think the men were very handsome either, but boy, oh boy, they, it, was, it was rough going back then, y'all. And also, when you think about how often they were afforded the opportunity to take a bath, 
Yeah. <laughs> it makes me. Don't be. Why we got you on this is for the history. Hey, cat, don't behave. <laughs> Never behave. <laughs> um. So it literally like depends on like where geologically they were at the time, because like. If they were Scottish around this time, like, or Viking, like, any Nordic around this time, they definitely, like, comb their hair. You mean the cool ones? Yeah, pretty much. We're talking about the lame ones right now. That was another cool, like, realistic thing in that game, was that you did need to regularly bathe. (gasps) Yeah, 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 well, like... A game that'll let you take a bath? Yeah, well, you know, you would also go to uh, a bath house. I fucking love them. And I haven't been able to take a bath in like a normal bathtub since I was like a young teen. You, you could like pay extra when you went to the bathhouse in that game to hear women giggling as you get in the tub. That's fun. Basically, <laughs> yeah, because it's a, a bathhouse. Mm-hmm. You can take a bath in uh, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. I don't know about 1. You You had to in Kingdom Come Deliverance because if you got into a fight, you would get blood on you. So if you went into town covered in blood, people would be like, what the fuck? Mm. Can you rinse off in a river? I don't oh, that's a good remember. Question. I feel like you should be able to. I, I mean, that's sense, what locks locks were really, really popular in that point in time. That's what most of I was going to say, Native Americans, and I do mean the whole of America, north and south, um, but specifically around the central part, like around where Florida and Mexico are, there's a lot of springs near the equator, and if you lived in... Uh, Native American villages and towns, they figured out bathing a long time ago. A long time ago. A very, very long time ago. Like, they were using knots as words a time ago. Hey, you've seen... seen... Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You've seen Dr. Stone, right? I have not. Oh, duh. Sorry, Ruben, I feel dumb now. When they, like, wake up after, you know, a million years or whatever... Of being encased in stone, and the entire world has, is returned I know to the, pure nature. I know the premise is a science boy wakes up after being petrified and unpetrifies yes. things and well, makes world. One of the, the first things that he does immediately is recreate soap. Oh, it good. is like the very first thing. When, when he starts like unpetrifying other people, mm-hmm. finally he's like, use some fucking soap. Immediately. <laughs> like... Yeah, obviously it wasn't French. So, Damn! Dude, French, holy shit! <laughs> it's really still a thing in French culture to not bathe as regularly as Americans think is appropriate. How I many will, French that listeners is how do I we have? Put it. How many huh? French listeners do we have? I don't know. Ooh. It doesn't matter. Like, It's just that I like to bathe twice a day. Some people like to bathe every other day. And some cultures think it's okay to just bathe like once a week or so. And yeah. like... That's fine. Not dissing on it as long as that's the norm and that's, you're not putting yeah, anyone out. Right. I'm, you're, I'll stay where it's cool to bathe twice a day and nobody says shit to me about it. Like, I'm, you know? So, romance is a medieval genre which includes narratives written in prose or poetry that record the adventures and exploits of the aristocracy. Romance in this instance might well include romantic love, but it is not defined by it. A king named Wart. <laughs> As a genre, it is much more concerned with the individual knights and the often fantastical things which happen to them, rather than with the creation of an English nation or the politics of rule. Brave, brave Sir Robin, (laughs) bravely ran away. Many of the most famous moments from the legends of King Arthur 
were invented by the 12th century French poet Chrétien de Troyes. Sure. I, lo- I love looking at the words that he's saying and not being able to pronounce them. <laughs> yeah. Who wrote a number of Arthurian romances. For example, uh, he is the first writer to introduce the character of Lancelot one of the most famous knights of the round table to the legends of Arthur. The one about the, he, he does the grail, but also the queen. <laughs> uh, nice. And more importantly, the first to introduce the famous love affair between Lancelot and King Arthur's wife, Queen Guinevere. Guinevere, good name. I don't know why I like that name so much. It's not because of Arthurian legend. She does not have a major pot, par, uh, 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 part in the story. I mean, a her role is to cheat on Arthur. I was going to say her her role definitely does not pass the Bechdel test. Oh, for sure not. The what? The Bechdel, Bechdel test, test. It's a really it's not loose. comprehensive test at all. It's just if in your movie it's a woman named something Bechdel or two mm-hmm. women, I don't remember, but they were on like a podcast and they were talking about it and they came up with this thing. They said, "If your movie has uh, a in- scene in it with two women talking to each other, and it can't be about men or sex. It's it's that it's not a the in order to pass the Bechdel test, your story must have at least two female characters who appear on screen together with just the two of them, and they talk about something other than men. Yeah. Okay. A depressingly small amount of films pass that test. And that test is widely regarded now as the literally the lowest bar. It's literally it's the bare step minimum. fucking one to having a movie with a good female anything in it. Like, it's it's rough out there for a lot of different kinds of people. So Lancelot is, according to some versions of the story, born to a fairy mother. Anyway, we're saying that Queen Guinevere does not pass this Bechdel test. No, not for a second in any of this story. Or, according to others, he is born to the Lady of the Lake. He is one of Arthur's best knights, skilled with a sword and a lance, and in almost all versions in which he appears... Because that's not on the nose at all. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He is absolutely dedicated in his love for... Mr. McSword a lot. Dude, when we we figured out last names, there are people right now whose name is still John's son. There hasn't been a damn John in their family for literally hundreds of years. (laughs) Who's he? Uh, He bakes bread. Uh, Baker. Baker. There you go. Yep. Um, So, there's even brewers. That's That's Yeah. So, he's absolutely... When people always bring that up, I'm like, what does that mean for me? It means at some point, someone in your family looked a lot like Cat. I look a lot like Cat. Probably, <laughs> probably. If you have a name that's like a color or something, it probably means of something about nobility in your white ass past. Oh yeah, yeah. There is a lot of that actually. Because nobles had oh, last yeah. names and shit a Listen long time before coming. Oh people. yeah, there is some nobility in my and past. It's not like always not. necessarily the best thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lots of inbreeding. I, I'm related to. A lot of British royalty, which does imply inbreeding and also, in my family line. Yes, I'm specifically just talking about like European and American names around the time of America happening. Yeah, because like certain last names happened after we figured out what last names are, and I'm certain that people have chosen them over the years and currently just to change it up. Yeah. Just to come up with a word, oh, and that's I've, my name now. I've like, considered changing my last name for 
you know, not 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 obvious reasons. I mean, listen, I will say this, bud. You don't have to change your name. Just I know that I don't have color to. white. It I know that I don't have to, but also like I'm bored of it. I feel that. I thought about changing my name for a long time. Yeah. I don't know what the hell I would call myself though. It's if if I go with anything, I'll go with like my act- like my Scottish clan last name. I'm gonna change my name to Princess Consuela Banana Hammock. Yes, that's good. <laughs> what is that from? I know that Friends. Uh, it's what Phoebe's fake name was? Mm-hmm. Oh, also with Regina Philanges. So in all the stories, okay, yeah. So skilled with sort of in almost all versions in which Lancelot appears. He is absolutely dedicated to in his love for and service to Queen Guinevere. Honestly, dude, fucking... <gasps> He's the original simp. Yes. Yeah, bud. He's literally a white knight. <gasps> He's... <gasps> Look, li- are you... Re- really? He's the first paladin. Yeah, no, it's just... It, he literally had a holy quest. Takes, sometimes no, I think th- that was... You're thinking of uh, Galahad. No. No, who finds the... Galahad finds the yeah. Yeah. That's it's, right. Galahad essentially, like in this story, ends up serving to be just a better Lancelot. Yeah. Like, yes. It's literally Lancelot. I remember reading a version a long time ago where it's literally stated that Lancelot would have found the Grail if not for his affair with Queen Guinevere. Yeah. Um, or if he would have been more confident on what his favorite color was. <laughs> Blue. No red. <laughs> Wait, did I'm Zoot. No, that was that was Robin. Damn it! That was no, brave, that was Galahad. Brave Sir Robin. Robin didn't know the airspeed of a laden swallow. No. Yeah. Bravely ran yeah. away. Because I remember Michael Palin going blue, blue. I remember that face. Lancelot made it because he was like, "Good, on you go." Oh, all right, thank you. I'm gonna write a whole essay drawing parallels between Monty Python's The Holy Grail and Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory as they progressively narrow down the group by failing weird off the wall <laughs> challenges. What is the boat scene? Trauma. Dude. There's there's a skit about that. Have you seen it's it? Trauma. Yeah. I where, mean, what where, is the where, boat scene parallel in Monty Python? You know the one. The creepy one. Oh, the nightmare boat scene. From yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm trying to think of what the parallel is. Yeah, because it comes at the beginning of the story before anybody gets split up. Is it the journey to Camelot, a very silly place? <laughs> uh, Second thought, let's not go. Yeah. It might just be Camelot, yes. yeah. Yeah. One night's at the round table. We like to push the Camelot. So Lancelot rescues Guinevere from death countless times. And cuts open his hands, prying open iron bars to rescue her. Their love is one of the enduring features of Arthurian romance. However, it also contributes to the destruction of the round table and the fall of Arthur's utopian kingdom. And his death at the hands of Mordred. Yes. His own son. Ah. Now, another marked difference between the historical and romance traditions is that although Arthur is usually at least mentioned in the romances, he is not always the most important character. Historical narratives of Arthur are particularly interested in the founding of Camelot, but Arthurian romances are often more preoccupied with the events that follow. Once Arthur's kingdom is up and running, Arthur's role becomes slightly different. It is essentially to keep the peace in his own kingdom and provide stable rule. 
It is therefore often the responsibility of other knights to take up challenges and to go on quests on his behalf. Yeah, here's what you didn't know. Arthur wasn't looking for that goddamn grail. No. No. He was sitting in a castle. <laughs> so in Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, 13th century poem. Gawain? Gawain, sorry. In the Green Knight, a 13th century poem, Arthur and his knights are having a New Year's Eve feast when all of a sudden in rides a giant green man on a giant green horse. I was literally going to mention the Green Knight like four minutes ago. And you I were didn't. Gonna, you were going to do felt a like me. it was coming. You yep. were going to. You were going <laughs> to josh the show. I really thought about it. I was like, mm, should I say it now or should I wait? <laughs> it's that canonically looks like the Jolly Green Giant to me. By the way, oh yeah, well, you like just, when I picture that scene. To me, the Green Knight literally looks like a man who is like slightly, like literally. Okay, like if I'm on the, I'm on the big side of normal person. Okay, then you've got like professional sports people who are like big, and then like Andre the Giant, and then like Andre the Giant. So I imagine a dude who's like the size of Andre the Giant, yeah, except he's in like emerald green plate mail Ah. with antlers and like leaves and shit on him. True, like pan esque. So kinda. So yeah, he he shows up carrying a holly branch in one hand and an axe in the other. The holly branch is what did it for me, is yeah. because it's like he's that's a myth, that's like a fairy fay type thing. Fairy fay, but very symbolic in its yeah. fayness. So I'm thinking of like scary woodland armored fay yeah. situation. Um, yeah, fay in general is scary, and then scary fay. Yeah. So he challenges Arthur to a beheading game, and although at first Arthur accepts, his nephew. Gawain? Gawain? Gawain. steps in and asks to take the challenge on Arthur's behalf. The Kingdom of Camelot needs Arthur at its helm, and he'd find it hard hey, to rule without real quick, head. never agree to a beheading tournament. <laughs> <laughs> um, Arthur is also absent from another famous episode, which is recounted in a number of different romances. The famous quest for the Holy Grail. Uh, by the way, in the beheading tournament, I do believe that uh, Gawain beheads the Green Knight. He gets to go first. The Green Knight picks up his head, puts it back on, and then says, later, bitch, I'm coming for you. And then he walks out. <laughs> Wasn't there a movie that came out like last year? And then the later in the woods, he comes for Gawain, uh-huh. and Gawain does some clever nonsense to trick him. There was a movie about the Green Lantern. No, there was a movie called The Green Knight that came out either last year or the year before oh, yeah, that, that everybody different. said was like really a really good movie. Oh, it can't be The Green Lantern. then. No. Uh, you forget people loved that shit when it first came out. <laughs> Except know. Ryan Reynolds. So <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. For anyone who it. doesn't know, the Holy Grail is a cup believed to have been used by Christ at the correct. Last Supple. Supple at the Last Supple. The <laughs> Last Supple. The Last Supper that can grant eternal ah, life. Hey, it is the. It's that's that's what it's about. Yeah. Okay. Instead of Arthur, who remains at home to look after his kingdom, a number of his knights take up the challenge. Only the virginal Galahad, son of Lancelot, is successful in his quest, and the failure of all the others foreshadows the inevitable end of Camelot and its round table. So See, that's boys, like even even you being a virgin is good for you <laughs> if, if you specifically need to go on a holy quest to save a kingdom. So that's that's the thing with Galahad, though, right? Is he is the more pure? You say virginal, mm-hmm. they mean I'm pure. Zoot. <laughs> He's- so this is my favorite, Monty. This is my favorite fun <laughs> fact about that entire movie. Uh, so, like, obviously, oh, I do not know her name, and I really should. Oh, that makes me Carol. Angry. Carol. Yes. Uh, um, you know, Carol. Her. Yeah. Oh, 
please, yes, look it up for me because I'm so mad because I can list off all of their names except hers and I should know her name. Carol um, Cleveland. Carol, Carol Cleveland. Carol Cleveland. Yeah. So she... Apparently... <laughs> One of the handmaidens at Castle Anthrax. <laughs> 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 I forgot it was called Castle Anthrax. <laughs> so um, they... Went to her and we're like, okay, we a have grail to- shaped beacon. <laughs> fuck, <laughs> I, fuck, god damn, that movie's so good. Oh shit. Oh my gosh, sorry. No, I gotta stick with story, not quote the movie. Um, <laughs> but um, so apparently they went to her and we're like, okay, we've got this project, you know, like we want you to be in it, and she immediately was like, whatever you need me to play, you guys know that I'm on board with it, I'm super excited, and they're like, okay, like, it's gonna be a bit of a challenging character, like, we really just want you to go ahead and prepare for that, and she's like, yeah, of course, anything for you guys, and they're like, you're gonna have to somehow manage to play an 18-year-old virgin, and she's like, fuck you guys. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of my favorite facts from that movie. Oh shit! It's so fun. She does so well too. She's so yeah. She's like, why don't you just give? Uh, what is it? We give us all a very good spanking, and then the oral sex, and then the oral sex. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I, I think I can take care of it. I'm, I'm, I'm quite capable of handling them. Just let me go back. Just let me go back. You're probably gay. So the impending fall <laughs> becomes increasingly important in Arthurian legends. The time of Arthur is perceived as kind of utopia, uh, where knights live according to chivalric rule and high ideals. But anyone reading these legends with one eye on... Chivalry has more to do with killing another man than it does to being good to people. Just want y'all to know that for sure. Well, that and also, like, that was a time period of, like, the... um like the crusades and stuff mm-hmm. like they genuinely would take an old woman along like a crone practically to like feed them and to do their clothes and to do their everything and like to basically do whenever they want because they were lonely like that's not chivalry that's just gross until she died and then they pick up a new one mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh boy it's fucked up yeah, yeah nights were awful nights suck <laughs> Anyone reading these legends with one eye, the other trained on their own country and society, must realize that it is a long-gone utopia. That's why people like it so much. is because in the legend of King Arthur, knights are cool. Yeah. Yep. In real life, knights are football players. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Soldiers. On I, leave. I have no shame, or I have no disrespect to soldiers, because they do things that I could not physically or mentally do. I reserve the right to disrespect anyone. No, no, no. Not, that's not what I mean. But, like, yeah, they're not the cherry pie, everything that we depict them in these stories. You mean in in propaganda? If you've grown up in a military yeah. family or near one, you know what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah. Knights are literally cops. <laughs> oh, shit, you're right. Yeah. I love it. What? The moment I go to do something, everybody stops talking. Ah, okay. So Camelot did not last forever, and this loss marks a number. That's got to of... stay in now. It has to. <laughs> and this loss marks a number of Arthurian stories. In the latter Middle Ages, a growing audience for courtly texts in English resulted in a number of new works, particularly elegiac, elegiac, elegiac writings. Uh, that would be my guess. I okay. have a 4A. What? <laughs> Who the fuck? Who makes words? It's probably elegaic. Probably, but what does Ele- it mean? 
Jeez. You put it in there. I. <laughs> elegiac, elegiac, relating to or characteristic of an elegy. Okay. Uh, sounds uh, like a venereal disease. <laughs> writings does. about the death it of really King does. Arthur. Like a poem. For example, the alliterative Morte Arthur. An elegy is basically an epic poem similar to like Gilgamesh. It's a story. It's right. the Odyssey. Yeah. And the stanzic Morte Arthur. Le Mort du Arthur. Yep. The 15th century writer Thomas Mallory compiled these into the final section of his collected Just works of Arthurian legends. Titled Le Mort d'Arthur, they were published in 1485 by William Caxton, the man who introduced the printing press into England. Now, these stories are no less concerned with adventures and supernatural and more with nostalgia. 1485, William. Yeah. Their, auth- their authors... F- Arthur... Oh, my God. Authors... <laughs> Follow we're talking events. about a lot of Arthur mm-hmm. and a lot of authors. So Follow it's... the event which led to the demise of Arthur and his kingdom. The affair of Lancelot and Guinevere is discovered, and Mordred, Arthur's son, uses the unrest as an excuse to lay claim to the throne. The kingdom turns against itself, and ultimately, Arthur is mortally wounded on the battlefield. In a time of political upheaval, civil war, and virulent diseases like the plague, writers seem to yearn for a golden age when principles of chivalry were instilled by their great and powerful king. And the rule of the land was stable, even as they acknowledged that such times, if they had ever even existed, had passed. This is the same impulse that you have when you are a liberal. <laughs> Truly, you just, it, literally, it's the feeling of, God damn it, why doesn't the government just do it right? That's, that's all. That's it. That's really all it is. But Arthur's death is not necessary. Fuck, if I was running the world... Cops would be cool and everybody would be nice. <laughs> Nobody would be hungry and the queen would not fuck Lancelot. <laughs> <laughs> but Arthur's death is not necessarily For the end. For two seconds, my brain was like the queen, like God save the queen, like our queen. And I was just like, wow. And I was like, oh. if our queen <laughs> fucked Lancelot, I would not blame her. No. You feel me? <laughs> like <laughs> our queen as if I'm British. <laughs> fuck your queen. Ow. Fuck off. I'm the queen. But Arthur's death is not necessarily the I'm end I'm American. Of the we don't have kings and queens. Fuck we all have of them. who want to be. Huh. A, a we have oligarchs. It's very different. A number of writers record a coda. Arthur is taken away to the <laughs> mythical land of Avalon by three beautiful ladies, and these writers either insist or simply hope that once the once and future king will return one day to rule again. From the shimmering isles, the land to the east, where the elves... <laughs> Do we... Have we... <clears throat> talked about or skipped over morgan lefay i didn't bring look okay i'm gonna put this out here right now the legend of king arthur is like mothman's ass fucking it is tight and thick perky and, and sexy as fuck <laughs> it is thick <laughs> it is dense we could do multiple episodes on various parts you could of really dig in, in if you if you yeah. take our yeah. meaning you could take well, a huge bite out of the Arthurian of- legend one of my when I was doing my it's, I, I call it cursory research and that means idly watching videos about the week's subject uh-huh. while I make breakfast. Yeah, bud. Um, one of my favorite stories that I heard from the legend of King Arthur was I believe it was Lancelot who like wanted Morgan Le Fay to teach him magic so fucking bad. Uh, Morgan Le Fay is um, literally uh, if Merlin is Batman, Morgan Le Fay is Catwoman. Right. Yes. Well, so Lancelot was like pestering her and pestering her, and she kept telling him to fuck off and fuck off. And one time, she's he, like, "Listen, I'm trying to get with backwards aging, motherfucker. Okay, cool. Right. 
at, at some point she was like, oh my fucking God. And she just like trapped him in her tower. Yep. And she was like, fuck off, just into the dungeon. Castle Anthrax. And while he was <laughs> imprisoned there, he like... He was tempted for 40 days. He, <laughs> he made this like huge painting that just chronicled the story of him and Guinevere together. And it was like in, in the dungeon. And one time Arthur was out talking to Morgan Le Fay on her island or whatever that, that she lived on. Her magic place. Yeah, yes. her magic place, exactly. And uh, I, th- this is like. <laughs> I just realized. A- after, <laughs> after Morgan Le Fay had stopped, like, because sometimes she's evil and sometimes she's benevolent. That's why I say Catwoman and, to Batman. Yeah, and. So, like like Merlin can beat anyone if he's got sufficient preparation time, <laughs> but, but Morgan Le Fay can steal any jewel right from under his nose. <laughs> but Arthur and Morgan Le Fay are having a conversation, and she's like, oh, you know, by the way, I had Lancelot here for a long time, and he painted something I think you might want to see. <laughs> and it was just the entire story of, like, him being polymorphed into Arthur to fuck Morgan, or, I mean, to fuck guinevere at one point and which Arthur, by the way is a crime i don't <laughs> care if it's a fantasy crime it's a crime arthur just kind of like looks at it all and he's like fuck <laughs> <laughs> and just has the realization is that, that, is that, that my fucking wife can paint <laughs> <laughs> no that's definitely a money but i didn't know lancelot was such a good painter he's so <laughs> talented wow wait says <laughs> it does have a passing resemblance to me i like it <laughs> but no i mean we didn't even get into like Kill excalibur <laughs> yeah which doesn't make any sense because the whole thing with excalibur is that any mortal wounds would be healed but yet he died because he was wielding caliburn dude oh it was a replica excalibur which oh. caliburn also like is a vape company now but if well, you, that's Cali Burn. That's different. I know. Wait, tra- you trace it far enough back, and it's basically just like a telephone game, telephone gamed <laughs> translation of the word "sword" from that's another awesome. archaic language. Yeah. Basically, at one point he had a magical sword. Then, at some point, he had a normal sword. That's it. Okay. And it didn't have like the magical stuff attributed to it until being associated with Arthur cuz before that it was just like a really fucking good sword. Mm-hmm. And I learned all This of... is a plus 1 great sword. <laughs> right, exactly. I learned most of But now it's of... a plus 3 and it can heal your wounds once around 1d10 plus your con. <laughs> I learned most of my knowledge about this from uh, a YouTube channel called uh, Overly Sarcastic Productions. Mm-hmm. And one of the best quotes from the 30-minute the video that I watched right before we started recording was, most of the story could have been completely happy and shortened if just Arthur and Guinevere and Lancelot had opened up to each other and had a conversation about their feelings and entered into a mutually, like a mutually beneficial relationship, and they could have called it a polyarmory. Damn it! That would require teaching a woman to fight. <laughs> but that's that's a ridiculous notion. As we all know. That's the story, or at least the basic groundwork we may revisit eventually with yeah. other because we didn't even really touch My on My favorite Merlin. most confusing thing about the Arthur legend is the sword though. You brought up a great thing right at the end here. Where sometimes the Lady of the Lake gives Arthur the sword. Right. 
Excalibur. Right. Sometimes, Sometimes he has to pull it out of an anvil. He pulls it out of an anvil that is also in a stone. Yeah. So Sometimes he just kind of has it. Yeah. But it's then, it's then weird. There's, there's also a story of either Galahad or Lancelot also pulling a sword out of a stone. Well, part of the thing I read said that at the end, Galahad took Excalibur back to the Lady of the Lake when uh, Arthur died. Yes, that's the one I'm right. Yeah. With. Sometimes, though, the Lady of the Lake didn't give him Excalibur. He pulled the sword from the stone. Right. And then also needed a different sword for some reason. Yeah. And she gives him Caliburn, a different but also magical sword. Is it that way or is it the other way around? Where, where he he pulled Caliburn from the stone. It depends then, on the version. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing that's so fucking weird about I think Arthurian it's just, Sometimes legend. there's one sword, sometimes there's two swords, and sometimes there's three swords, but the third sword is just like a sword. It just he has a sword when he's just fighting, but it's not Excalibur. Yeah. Or Caliburn, nor magical in any way. Like, and then there was the time he was turned into a squirrel. He got better. He got better. Um, he was also turned into a fish. She turned me into a newt. A newt? I got better. <laughs> Who are you who are so wise in the ways of science? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think my favorite thing I'm... about that bit is when she actually, like, weighs the same as the duck. And she's like, fair cop. A duck. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, v- very small rocks. Wood. Yes. Very very small rocks. <laughs> There's at least some percentage of people who are gonna listen to this episode who do not know Holy Grail. They should go watch it. Yes. And who are gonna be so lost? It's my favorite scene. So I'll try to describe it for you so that you <laughs> might be willing to go watch it. So Arthur, King of the Britons, rides up with his servant Patsy. 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 Who is the, the character that I played in the musical. Um, and they ride up to a witch burning. And who is it? Is it Galahad? No, Bedivere. Bedivere. Bedivere uh-huh. was the smart Bedivere one. Bedivere yeah. was the smart one. Who couldn't keep his fucking uh, visor. visor. <laughs> <laughs> so Bedivere is like a dude in charge of a town. Well, he like this. He takes control of the mob by being like, "Well, wait, we gotta test out whether she's a witch or not." <laughs> Come on, guys, what do we do now? So, if she's a witch, w- uh, she'll what? What does she say? It's, what so, do we know about witches? They uh, they, they they float. Yes. What also floats? Very small rocks. Wood. 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 <laughs> and then a uh, duck from the audience. A. Uh, <laughs> and then Galahad, or excuse me, then Bedivere says, who are you who are so wise in the ways of science? And then they weigh a witch, and she weighs the same as a duck, yeah. and so they kill her, and she just like, she says something like, ah, oh, bugger. Fair cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, nah, I guess that's fair. Yep. <laughs> so, but. anyway, it's a really funny scene. A guy w- was apparently turned into a newt, but got better. <laughs> but it got better. He got better. Um, I think one of my favorite ones is John Cleese as the, like, master wizard. He actually had this super long name that mm-hmm. he was supposed to give, and he just... I am the great Tim. <laughs> he just literally, it was a long day of shooting, and he was just so tired, and he totally <laughs> forgot the long name, and he just was like... Uh, oh, great Tim. Tim. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wait. <laughs> another another good One, piece of uh two four three my lord <laughs> three <laughs> another good piece of movie trivia that i just found out and this is this is totally out of pocket this is totally out of left field but during the filming of indiana jones you know the where where the dude does all like the fancy sword shit mm-hmm. and yes. then and then indy just fucking shoots him yes yeah. That was originally scripted as like this incredible whip versus sword fight, Huge. Yeah. but they were filming on location in Tunisia, or yeah. Egypt, yeah, yeah somewhere like Africa. somewhere in the Middle East or Africa yeah. or and some fucking, one of them desert it's ones. Ha- Harrison Ford, right? The yeah. spicy ones where they cook spicy. Yeah. yeah, Harrison Ford had gotten dysentery. Right. Yes. Uh huh. And he could not be out of his trailer for more than about ten minutes at yep. a time. And they were trying to film this intricate sword versus whip fight scene, trying to figure out how they were going to do it. If you're unaware, it takes about 20 minutes to set up for a shot in that time period. They were like, oh my god, we're going to run way over our time period. We're going to run way over budget. It's going to take us weeks to film this, filming around Ford's dysentery. And he was basically just like, I've got it. Just roll the scene. He went to the director and was like, Dude, what if I just shoot the fucker? I have a gun. <laughs> and the and the director was like, "That's great." I was thinking the same thing, and that is the hilarious moment that made it into Indiana Good Jones. Good stuff. You know what's the worst thing in Indiana Jones? It's where you find out that he had a, a relationship with a fourteen-year-old girl. Yeah, that's disturbing. Yeah, yeah, and I got the same problem with Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, well, but. Yeah. If you think about it, Indiana Jones or Raiders of the Lost Ark did teach us that if you're ever faced with the overwhelming power of God, just close your eyes. Just don't, don't, yep. no, don't look eyes. at it. You'll be fine. Eventually, God will get tired. That's in the Bible, dude. Yeah, but Don't look at the city and you won't be a pillar of salt, damn it. I care way more about classic film than I do the Bible, though. I mean, but classic film gets a lot from the Bible in Hollywood. Nah, who cares? It's one of our oldest narratives. It's just going to be... The Bible gets a lot from other things, too, so. It's the greatest story ever told. <laughs> All right, so. Smoking uh, a pancake? Huh? Bonging a blitz? A bonging a blitz? A bonging a Carlton. Smoking a sausage? <laughs> then there's <Yeah>. no peace <laughs> in you. <laughs> All right, so. Um, <laughs> this entire. Your arms off! Such a strange episode. Fucking episode. I try to talk and get interrupted. I finally give people room to talk and they stare at me. It's, uh, hey, thank you for joining us for our brief trip into Camelot. It is a silly place. It is a silly place. But, uh, be sure you know the, you know the routine. Like and follow us on Facebook. Uh, Yeah, do that. Give us ratings, five stars or more if you have them. Absolutely do that. But more importantly, Share us with friends who might also like this silly nonsense. Yes. Go to patreon.com slash two towns over mm, and give us some money if you want to do like, if you want to hear like early episodes, get access to merch before everybody else. Yeah. Speaking, you know. yeah. Speaking of, we have a merch store now. Uh, the link will be in the, the video description or the video. Yep. It's so, just a long yeah. link. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Audible, audibletrial.com forward slash TTO pod. There's for sure an Arthurian legend. Oh, yeah. I'm I actually not even going to look it up. One, I have one on my phone. Ruben's ahead of me. It's my favorite version of it because it has the. It's got. It starts out with the part that the Sword of the Stone is 
Uh, and it is called... I'm going to look it up. I'll sing the... Author? Fuck, now I can't remember the word. <laughs> I can't remember the song. Holy shit. You got it. A legend was sung of when England was young, and knights were brave and bold. The good king had died, and the one who decide who was rightful heir to the throne... It seemed that the land would be torn by war or saved by a miracle alone. <laughs> and that miracle appeared in London town. The sword in the stone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. You still ain't got it? I don't know why. But I, I, I actually don't know any fucking songs to sing. That was from the yeah. Disney movie. Yeah, no. The yeah. Once and Future King. Yeah, by T.S. Eliot. I, I don't know why I, yeah. I ordered my Audible and it, it screwed up my whole deal. So now I gotta figure out what I did. Oh, um, wow. Another book recommendation was given to me. Uh, Marion White. Sorry, T.H. White. The, I'm sorry, not T.S. Eliot. T.H. White. Um, the Once and Future King on Audible. The narrator. Is uh, Neville Jason? He does an excellent job. It's the version that made me realize that the Questing Beast was a giraffe. <laughs> Another good uh, also, option. What port was? Is uh, the Mists of Avalon series by Marion Zimmer Bradley? The drink. Um, I just realized. My wife true. highly recommended that. I think it's available on Audible. Say it again. The Mists of Avalon. Ooh, yeah, that is on there. The Mists of Avalon is also a good version. Yeah. Uh, That tells more the story of Morgan Le Fay, doesn't it? I believe so. Yeah. The Mists of Avalon is the one where there's more magic in it. Mm -hmm. The Once and Future King is the one with all the the grail hunting and the green knight and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I also... I want to set at some point... You know, I don't want to give it any hard numbers or anything right now, but I would love to do a Patreon stretch goal. Where the reward is we say get on Discord with all of our patrons at a predetermined time and do like a Holy Grail watch party with the four of us Truly, on Discord. That would be great. That would be fun. I don't also if I don't we ever give an do anything number. that can make me that that I can make people listen to Gilgamesh with me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good story. I think we definitely have some people who listen to the show who love you enough that you could just ask them to do that. <laughs> just... For real though, like if we ever do a show that has anything to do with Samaria, yeah, I would love to do a listen because I have a version of Gilgamesh on my phone that I love the translation for. True, uh, and no, it's only like two and a half hours long. But so. I I would love to set up at some point. Preferably soon, it, if we can figure out how to do the logistic parts of it, we'll set up a stretch goal where you know certain number of patrons, or just a certain monthly number that we're getting from Patreon, where we could do a big, big watch party with like the four of us, live with, on the Discord. Yeah, we should do it like. Um... Mystery Science Theater three thousand, where it's just our silhouettes like down. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm down for that. that. But the sad thing is, you know, the majority of it's not just going to be us, like, basically doing fucking Rocky, saying along with the lines. Yeah, Yeah. but that's why they're fun, Don. Right. That's true. (laughs) The people in that watch party will have seen it 
about as many times right. as us. That's, we, we could even maybe let everyone vote on what movie we want to do. Yeah. You just like said that. Holy Grail. Well, I, I, well, we I that, Holy that's, Grail, we're, we're talking about King Stone. Arthur, so yeah, I said Holy Grail, but you know, I can't think of another aside from the Sword and the Stone. I can't think of another decent King Arthur movie. Well, no, it doesn't have to be King Arthur. Life of Brian is also very good. Oh, Life true. Yeah, it, no, it, it it could be anything. We like pick five and let them let them vote. Oh. You do that, I'm going to throw Birdemic in. That's Don't. fine. No, please. They'll make us watch Birdemic, Don. <laughs> it is hilarious. It's so bad, though, Don. I know. That's what makes it so great. I don't like watching bad movies, Don. But if you were allowed to just completely rag on it, you don't enjoy that? No. Wow. No. Those movies aren't fun enough for me to rag. Like, if, I, if I'm ragging on it, I like it a lot. Or I hate it. But I have strong feelings about it. But Birdemic is so bad that I don't have strong feelings about it. It's just bad. You look like Jordan Peele. F- yeah, okay. It's I just noticed it's the glasses, but you just just now you look like Jordan Peele. Why? Is it because we're both bald and brown and have glasses on? He's not bald. Jordan Peele has very short hair, right? Yeah. Just Usually. like me with my little stuff. You have no hair. You're just a little bit taller than your hair. What? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I have never heard it said that way. Wow. That's no. so good. No. That is is that like me. a is that like a Papa Trimbley original? That... I can't remember where I heard that one, but that is bald. Papa Trimbley is definitely that bald, so I don't know. Threw me. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> I literally did a double take just now, audience. I was like, what? I thought I offended you for a second. No. That's literally how much of a double take you did. <laughs> It took me a second to get it. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I will say, if we're going to sit for a long period of time and watch a movie, we've either got to get better chairs in here or we got to do it somewhere else. Oh, no. For oh, sure. for we'll, sure. We're we'll not figure doing out it a, more, a more logical for way sure. to do it. We'll probably that. do it like, well, no, we can't do it at my house. We can do it at my house. I have basically what's becoming a home theater. That's so. true. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. With a big and ass the sound TV. quality in there would be better for the audience from mm. us. We just have to figure out a way to. My house maneuver. Have that's why. That's why I said we 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 we'd have a lot to figure out logistically. But I wanted to put the idea out there for the people. Fun. Like, don't don't unsubscribe from our Patreon because this might happen someday. Yes. <laughs> but I believe actually subscribe to our Patreon. This might happen someday. Right. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> rip big one. And that is the perfect note to take us out on for the day. We didn't say shout out to the plant babies. We didn't shout out fuck cancer. We we're uh, doing that right now. But it's after he <laughs> died. Yeah. Well, I was, I, I was gonna. We we had a miscommunication, a, a mis mis pod, podcast communication here. I was gonna say that, and then we were gonna be like, all right, and shout out to the plant babies. Fuck cancer. I'm hoping we're fading out at some point in this time period. <laughs> Shout out what to is, plant babies. Fuck, fuck cancer. cancer. Be good Josh, to yourself. I was going to say, what do you say at the end? I say be good to yourself. Okay, bye. Do you bye. I'll, I'll, I don't know. I've been, oh shit. Hey, <laughs> fuck. Uh, I, I've, I, I've, I'm, 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 I'm Ruben. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm done. I'm Cat. And we will see you next time. On second thought, don't come with us to Camelot. It is a very silly place. <laughs> <laughs>